Tara Corinne I'm a certified health coach. I help people heal their relationships with food and their bodies. For those of you that are new to the pod, you can find me at Kara's Kitchen on Instagram. That's Kara with a C, Kitchen with a K. If you're not on Instagram hanging out with me, get your booty over there. Hit follow, send me a DM, say hi, let me know you're listening to the pod. That always makes me so happy. I love hearing from y'all when you're listening to the pod. If you're a repeat listener, welcome back. What's up, friend? So happy to have you here. I love knowing you're getting value from the podcast. Thank you to all of you guys that have left rating and review, blah, 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 ratings and reviews on iTunes. That always means so much to me. It's the best way to give back to the podcast if you have been enjoying it. Another option is to share a screenshot of your favorite episodes in your Instagram stories tagging me. That's a great way to help the podcast reach more people. Or of course, just shooting the episode over to a friend, you know, copying the link and sending in a text message and saying, hey, I love this. I think you'll like it. That's always super helpful too. And it's a great way that you can be, you can make a difference for someone else in their own lives if you know that they're struggling with food and body image issues too. So thank you for all of those things. If you've done them or if you are planning to do them after this podcast. Today on this episode, I want to talk about anger anger yeah anger guys I want to talk about getting pissed and I actually want to talk about how anger will can probably will help you heal from body shame disordered eating and eating disorders so I've I've talked about this on the podcast a little bit about how getting angry about something outside of myself really helped me heal my relationship with food. I've quoted Brandilyn Tebow, whom if you've listened to the pod, you've heard me mention her countless times. She was my very first life coach. We worked together in 2017. Not about food and body image stuff. I was very lost and confused in my career. And it was through coaching with her that I was like, hey, I wanna be a food and body image coach because she made such a big impact for me in my life that I was like, wow, I wanna be a coach too. And that's a side note. One of the things that Brandilyn had said in her book, The Achievement Trap, was we don't need to solve our problems. We only need to find problems bigger than ourselves. The antidote to self-consciousness is not self-improvement, but other consciousness. And what I have found is that when we find other consciousness, meaning something else to throw our time, money, and energy into, it can be incredibly helpful. And what I have found is when that other consciousness makes you angry, when that other consciousness makes you pissed, it is incredibly helpful because anger is actionable. So today I want to talk about what I got angry about and I'm going to also be referencing an article that Brandilyn wrote about how anger is transformative and helped her heal. So we were on the phone a couple of weeks ago talking about how we healed from our eating disorders and we both were like, yeah, getting angry really helped us. So I want to talk about that today and I'm hoping that by what I share about in this podcast helps you get angry too. Because truly getting angry about things can support you in changing your lives. And it is particularly effective if you are stuck in shame, guilt, or fear. So as women, we're kind 
of taught in society to think of anger as a bad emotion, especially as women. We're trained to act like a lady, you know, be ladylike. Don't be too emotional. You need to smile and be nice and be likable and be a people pleaser and like put your needs above, put other people's needs above your own and blah, blah, blah. We're taught to suppress and control our anger. But today I want to talk about why it's important to get angry if you are working on healing your relationship with food and your body. So much of the po- much of the body positive movement, you know, I've been in the eating disorder recovery space for a couple of years. So has Brandolin. And what we both have discovered and witnessed and experienced is how a lot of this movement would have you believe that self-love, confidence, and acceptance are what you need to heal from body shame and disordered eating. And don't get me wrong, all of those things are freaking awesome. I want them for all of you and they do help to some degree. However, the emotion that was most transformative in my healing from bulimia and Brandolin's healing from anorexia and our collective body shame was not those high vibrational emotions. Like I said, it was stinking anger. It was getting angry. So when I first decided I was committed to my recovery, I stumbled upon veganism and plant-based diets. As you guys know, if you listen, I was raised in a low-carb Atkins meat and cheese for weight loss era. And then I watched the documentary Food Inc. and I read the book The China Study. Now, I am by no means saying that like veganism is the answer. I am not naive. I am well aware that for many of you guys listening, veganism is actually your disorder. It's how you disguise disordered eating or justify restriction. So stick with me here. I have a point and it's not that. However, if you're an animal activist, awesome, go you, do you. That's a beautiful thing. But I continued the education. So again, I stumbled across Food Inc., the China study, and I kept educating myself by reading more books, by watching more documentaries, by doing research online. And I started to learn about these things, this corruption, this violence in our society that was happening. I learned about how big businesses, so large food conglomerates, and the government actually had backdoor dealings amongst each other. They were engaging in corrupt behavior, changing policies and writing new laws that hurt the workers and the consumers while lining the pockets of shareholders, CEOs, and the people literally writing the laws. I learned about how government subsidies for crops were impacting our food market impacting the cost of food so government subsidies are essentially free money from the government to farmers that they don't have to pay back that actually allow the farmers to produce certain types of crops below the cost of production so what this has done is it has driven down the price of highly sophisticated foods like twinkies for example and driving up the cost of very simple ingredients like carrots that come out of the ground. This pissed me off, yo. Why is Mother Nature being abused like this, being manipulated like this? I learned about animal agriculture and how it is negatively impacting the environment by using so much water and polluting the air with all of these greenhouse gases. I learned how we treated animals and the workers in the factory farms. I learned how Monsanto was suing small farmers for seed saving 
and and actually convinced the government to patent life, to patent seeds. And then when these patented seeds would end up on these farmers' property, by no other means than the wind, Monsanto would sue them. Like literally steal their livelihood from them and ruin people's lives. And I became so angry about this type of corruption, violence, injustice, and reckless behavior that was happening and allowed to happen. Like literally laws were being changed, policies were being rewritten that were hurting the average American, the small farmer, the consumer that just wanted to feed their family. And then I went on to learn even more. I discovered that there are several other dominant narratives in society that guide our lives in unseen and oppressive ways. So in addition to the injustice that I was learning about the food system, I then became aware of other social justice issues, stigma, and discrimination. So according to Brandolin, a dominant narrative is a myth that is collectively believed by society and construed by the group in power to better themselves. And we've talked about several of the dominant narratives on the podcast before, so I'm just going to like briefly reiterate some of them and I'm going to be quoting from Brandolin's article, which I'll link to in the show notes, by the way, as well, because she said some amazing things. So Both Brandilyn and I, she went to a uh, liberal uh, arts college called Occidental, that is very focused on uh, social justice. She studied politics. And then I just self-educated myself by reading books and things like that. And we both discovered how people of color, black people, immigrants, have historically been compared to animals in order to justify the atrocities that we have committed against them. And how these demeaning comparisons are always most prevalent around the time that the greatest atrocities are being committed against them. We both learned how women's bodies have historically been pathologized by the medical community. How women's illnesses have been trivialized and blamed on mental instability. Like, oh, she's just emotional. And women's sexuality has been seen as problematic and even criminalized. I've talked about before on this podcast how back in the day when women got raped, they didn't punish the man, they punished the women because it was her sexuality that was the problem. That's just bullshit fucked up madness. We both learned how fat bodies have been turned into something pathological to justify the the selling and administering of drugs with harmful and painful side effects And this is just to make money for pharmaceutical companies. They have been used to justify the cutting up of healthy organs and increase the prescription of weight loss surgeries. And it's been a way to create a hierarchy of bodies, leading people to feel incredibly compelled to invest a ton of time and money trying to gain the social currency that is only afforded to those at the top. So these stories that we are told by our society serve to otherize the groups that are exploited in our society. And these lies, these fables that we're told, they serve to diminish the moral responsibility that we feel towards the subjugated groups. They allow the group in power to control, manipulate, and profit off the demoralized groups. So I became aware of how diet culture intentionally trains us to see bodies as projects to be worked on and fixed 
in order to increase demand for products that don't work. Diet culture literally survives and thrives off collective dissatisfaction. Artificially manufactured dissatisfaction. It's made up that some bodies are good and that some bodies are bad. <laughs> it's made up that certain people with certain colored skins are more valuable than others. It is made up. So much of this is made up. And all of this information really began to click. So both Brandilyn and I realized that our eating disorders and our body shame was largely manufactured by a society that wants us to hate ourselves. It wants women to hate themselves. So naturally, on our own journeys, we both began to question every single belief that had led us to develop our eating disorders. So here are some of those beliefs that led to our struggles that we began to question. The more fat a person has, the less healthy they are. That some bodies are more worthy and lovable than others. That cellulite is a problem and it's gross. That my weight is in my control and if I'm fat, it's my fault. Diets work. Weight loss will make me happier and healthier. Hunger is dangerous and I am strong if I can control my cravings. That being thin and pretty is the most important thing a woman can be. That my worth is based on the amount of male attention, male attention I receive. After pouring through book after book, TED Talk after TED Talk, we both discovered that none, literally not a single one of these beliefs was actually true. We learned that health really has very little to do with weight. And be sure to check out episode 79 with Abigail Segui if you're struggling to believe that and you want a little bit more research and science to back that up. We learn that there are no good bodies and bad bodies. We learn that 98% of women have cellulite. It's completely normal and healthy. It is, in a lot of ways, simply female flesh. Bodies have a natural weight range at which they are healthiest and happiness, happiest. And this range varies from person to person. And there is actually literally nothing we can do to change that range. We learn the diets do not work. And in fact, they predict future weight regain. We learn that weight loss isn't necessarily correlated to getting healthier, nor is weight gain necessarily the cause of health issues. Correlation is not causation. We learn that cravings do not need to be ignored. They need to be listened to. Well, holy effing shit. <laughs> I've talked about all of these things on the podcast before. And nearly all of the beliefs that engendered my eating disorder, that engendered Brandolin's eating disorders, and that very possibly has engendered your disordered eating or eating disorder or body shame. All of these beliefs, they are categorically untrue. And to a large degree, the female population is intentionally fed these myths. 
Check out episode five if you want to know more. I am super ranty and ravey and rebellious and angry in that episode. It's one of my most downloaded. You should go listen to it if you haven't. Episode five. But they pathologize our healthy, normal excess flesh and cellulite. You know that little extra fat that you have around your midsection? Did you know that it's actually biologically necessary for women? It helps our hormones. It helps our menstrual cycle and reproductive cycle. It helps our immune system. Myths that say our healthy, normal hunger and cravings are a problem. We're fed that myth. Myths that make us hate ourselves and compete with each other, thereby holding back our entire gender from creating the change we would if we banded together instead. Negative body shame and disordered eating that comes from trying to control your weight is not a personal flaw. Bad body image is not just one more thing you can't get right. It's a result of toxic cultural programming designed to make you feel insecure and then profit off your shame. Our culture and society literally sponsors body shame, particularly in women. We're taught to treat ourselves violently. Essentially, we're taught that if you have excess flesh, you should starve yourself, cut it off, punish yourself with exercise, hide yourself, and continue hating yourself. It's literally the violent ideology that we are all taught through direct messages or subliminal messaging that we see over and over again through fat phobia and the pathologizing of body sizes, through the patriarchy, through sexual violence and sexual objectification against women. As Brandilyn says, this isn't any kind of violence. It is state-sanctioned violence. That means that our capitalistic, patriarchal culture is actually benefiting from and profiting off of body shame, insecurity, and fear of fat. So they keep perpetuating these myths to keep us on a fruitile quest to fix the false problem of our bodies. And if you identify as a feminist, which I know a large portion of my audience does, then please hear this. Dieting and fat phobia are political sedatives that pit women against each other, suck our cognitive resources, take over our mental real estate, and keep us thinking we're second-class citizens. Literally, it is like so anti-feminist. We waste so much of our time and money trying to conform to the standard and hating ourselves when we biologically can't. So sure, confidence, self-love, and acceptance are awesome. They're awesome. I want them for all of us. However, it was not those things that I needed to heal. Those things came later. (laughs) What I needed at first was to get angry. I needed to get pissed. I needed to get pissed about the food system. And I needed to get pissed about the people who were profiting from me hating myself. In the paraphrased words of Rupi Kaur, We are collectively comfortable with the pornification of women, the sexualization of women, the objectification of women, the violence and degradation of women. But we can't be bothered to express our disgust about this, about the fact that the objectification of women has led to mass collective mental illness with the highest mortality rate of all. Yeah, eating disorders has the highest death rate of all mental illnesses. 91% of women are unhappy with their bodies and resort to dieting. 
40% of women and 20% of men so they will consider cosmetic surgery in the future. 25% of American women suffer from eating disorders and even more from disordered eating. What I have discovered, and also what Brandolin discovered, was the angrier we got about everything we were learning, the less obsessive we became about food and weight. The less obsessive we became about hating ourselves, the more we realized, wow, I want to change these things that are happening in society. And this makes sense. As described in The Scale of Human Consciousness by renowned psychiatrist Dr. David R. Hawking, be sure to Google him, emotions are actually levels of energy that are all connected to one another. And guess what? The lowest energy level of all of the emotions is shame, followed by guilt. Yeah, guys, guilt and shame. How many of you guys feel guilt and shame around food in your body? Five emotions higher up on the scale is anger. And in fact, anger serves as a gateway. It is literally your access point between the lower level emotions and the higher emotions like pride, acceptance, love, and joy. And it is because so many of us aren't actually really educated about the true source of our body image issues and our food issues that we are unable to access anger and therefore we get stuck down in guilt, shame, and fear. And then on top of that, we're told in society that as women, we, we like can't get angry. We shouldn't get angry. We can't get too emotional. We need to act ladylike. We need to smile. We need to be nice. Blah, 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 blah. Like how convenient. I hope all of this is clicking together. So my request and plea for you today is to get freaking angry. Get indigenous about uh, blah blah blah. Get indigenous on the behalf of yourself and everyone else hurt by this system that is stacked against us. Because by doing so, you're taking your power back. Anger is actionable. It is our access point out of the powerlessness of shame. Eventually, through personal development work and transformational work, I was able to realize that the voice in my head telling me these lies about food and my weight were not my own. They were not truly me, right? That voice in your head telling you that you're not good enough, that you're ugly, that you're disgusting, that people aren't going to like you, that inner bully, that inner bully learned to say the things that it's saying from the dominant narratives in society and they are false. What also helped me immensely was community and banding together with other women rather than competing with them. And then over time, I began to dedicate my life to educating others about these systematic issues and how they influence how we see, think, and feel. And of course, I became a coach, Brandolin became a coach, and none of this would have been possible without anger. Both of us would likely still be stuck in shame trying to fix ourselves. So if you're listening and you believe that it's you, if you believe that it's your body, not your society that has the problem, then please understand that you don't need a better diet plan. You don't need more willpower. You need an education that will make you angry. 
And I know that some of you listening want to be conduits for change. You want to help others heal from the same oppressive lies and fictions that you have struggled with. I know that some of you listening are already angry. You were angry before this episode. (laughs) And you want to rebel against this bullshit and rise above to create a new paradigm. You want to learn how to talk about diet culture and educate the people in your life. Perhaps you want to become a coach and you want to take your experience to transform the lives of others, that you want to take that darkness and transmute it into light. And you might be wondering how to do it. How do I do this? Beyond just sharing this podcast with others, which please do, pretty please. (laughs) But beyond that, you might be wondering, well, how do I talk about this? How do I educate myself? Where do I get this type of education? How do I become a coach? How do I start a business? So if you're listening and you want to become a food and body image coach, then I am super stoked to let you know that Brandilyn and I are hosting a free masterclass. We put this masterclass together and we're going to share the six steps that we both took to become food and body image coaches. So we took our collective experiences and we broke it down into actionable steps that you can take for yourself. So this masterclass is totally free. You will be on March. It will be on March 6th, 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern time. And you can register for the free masterclass at bit.ly forward slash rebel masterclass. Again, that is B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash R-E-B-E-L-M-A-S-T-E-R-C-L-A-S-S bit.ly forward slash masterclass. And even if you can't make it to the live, go ahead and register anyway so that you can get access to the replay. You know, Brandolin and I are coaches who help people heal from their relationships with food and their body image, but we're also really committed to helping as many people as possible. And we realize that if we train other people how to become food and body image coaches, how to become rebels against this stuff. We teach them how to talk about it, to facilitate change, to be the change maker. Then we'll be able to help more people than if we continue to just do it solo. So we put together this class for those of you that are listening who maybe you're a current health coach or you just aspire to be one or you just want to know how you can become a conduit for change. We, we invite you to sign up for this free masterclass. Again, it is the six steps to become a powerful food and body image coach. We're gonna teach you the transformational tools, the mindsets, the strategies that you would need to take your experience of having an eating disorder and turn it into something that helps change our world for the better. So, okay. Go on your merry way and get pissed. Get angry. Woo! (laughs) Not exactly the typical thing that you hear. Get angry. But truly, please, get angry. It's incredibly transformative. When I got angry about this, these things, it was like the first time in a long time I wasn't angry about myself. I wasn't angry about my body. And that is what I hope 
for all of you is to get out of that guilt and shame around your body, to get angry about something else, and then devote your attention and your energy into changing the world and you know being the change you want to see and taking action and making our world a better place as opposed to just trying to get yourself a better body. You have so much more to offer the world. Okay, I love you all. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you all next week. Thank you.